And welcome back to another episode of the Total Sports Live podcast. This is Joe Von Offer, and you already know I'll be joined shortly. Well, let me ask you, join shortly. You know who's already on me, joining me on the podcast. Harrison Brown, Total Sports Live. Nick Earnshaw, Total Sports Live, Wilmington Blue Codes, WIP. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. The <laughs> fellas are back again here on the podcast as we're about to talk about some NFL football, preseason footballs here Last time we talked to you guys, we were talking about what NBA free agency just starting and getting prepared for the summer league. And now we're past that point, and now we're getting closer and closer and closer to the regular season NFL football, which is always a good thing because then that means there'll be football on NFL. Let me not say football, be NFL football on every Sunday. We'll have fantasy for those who play fantasy football. We do here. We'll have fantasy. There'll be a lot of sports betting, just a lot going on for the next, you know a few few months here on the podcast so we're excited to get started here and getting underway talking about preseason football however before we do that make sure you're following us on twitter at total sports live make sure you're checking out the podcast on spotify google podcast apple podcast anywhere that you can find your podcast and lastly anchor dot um fm if you have been checking out our podcast on spotify we've been uploading a video as well shout out to harrison for finding that little neat gadget uh there uploading the video so you can listen to us but also see us if you uh want if you want to uh as well but like i said we're back at it again here on the podcast make sure you check out totalsportslive.com as well got some stuff in the works as we always do so fellas let's get underway you already know like i said harrison nick joining me on the pod appreciate you fellas taking the time out on this tuesday night to record as we get prepared for week two of the preseason. But before we do that, we got to look forward, look back at week one. But like I said, appreciate y'all. How's everything going? Man, great to see you guys as always. Everything's good on my end. Excited to talk some Eagles football with y'all. This is right in our wheelhouse. So let's get into it. Great to see you guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree with Harrison. I'm excited to be here once again on the TSL podcast. Always a great time to talk some Eagles. It's it's getting closer to that time, a little bit closer to week one of the regular season, fantasy, all that good stuff. I'm excited to talk some birds. I think we're all excited to talk about the Eagles, especially seeing how last season went, the highs and the lows. If you've been listening to the podcast, you probably have heard our highs and our lows and the rants and the non-rants. We had it all. The highs, the lows, them making the playoffs last year, surprisingly, them getting blown out in the playoffs and well-knowingly. Then them having a nice offseason, catapulted, to now we're here in the preseason where the Eagles, they opened up the preseason last uh, Friday night against the New York Jets. They suffered a 24-21 defeat at the link. But as we all know, preseason is not about the final result. It's more so what guys do. It's what so much the improvements that you see from guys from – year from last year to this year from what they should be working on in the summer and bringing it over into real uh live game uh action so let's dive right into it um into it y'all overall thoughts just want to get y'all thoughts on just the game in general specifically the first team offense and defense which i think gave eagles fans on um on Friday, last Friday, a lot of excitement to see and a glimpse of what could potentially be because both, I think both, and y'all would agree with me, I think both sides definitely set a tone to what we could potentially see from them this year. And if it's anything like we saw, 
Eagles could make some noise this year, not only in the NFC East, but potentially in the NFC. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the first team offense looked clean and efficient. I think that was definitely encouraging to see. Um, the drive that they put together early in the game, the Goddard touchdown. I thought Jalen controlled the game well, looked accurate and precise. Um, like you said, Jovan, it's definitely some things to be excited about for people that are watching the Eagles this year. I think it's a legitimate roster. Um, and I think we saw some glimpses of that in the preseason. Like you said, it's just the preseason, not really worried about the loss. Um, you know, I, I think that it was definitely encouraging though. defensively. I thought the same. I thought the defense looked improved. There's definitely still some holes. It's not a perfect defense when you look at the secondary, the linebacker court. It's not perfect, but it's definitely improved from where it was last year. I think it's a, a group that's going to take some steps forwards, especially in the past defense. That's somewhere they really struggled last year. And then in the run game as well, I mean, you pick up Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, your run defense is going to improve. So but like you said, Jovan, I definitely think there's some things to be excited about. Yeah, I'm with Harrison. I think there's going to be a lot to, to go forward uh, with, with this team. I think defensively, uh, they're, they're much improved. I, I'm still a little bit skeptical at where the safety position is at right now, but I think where they are with the linebackers, I think they're much better. We haven't seen a linebacking core with the Philadelphia Eagles like this in a very, very long time. I think they upgraded on the defensive line. Hopefully they can generate more pressure than they did last year. I think they will um, because we know how they didn't blitz a ton with Jonathan Gannon last year. I think they kind of addressed that through the draft um, and you know with, with these linebackers, with Reddick, as well in free agency. So I think they definitely improved on the defensive side of things. They also go and get another quarter in Bradbury to go alongside Darius Slay and Avante Maddox, who will play a lot in the slot. Offensively, I thought Hurts looked pretty good. I mean, I, I think we're going to see some improvement this year. I mean, you've seen throughout the entirety of the offseason, he looks bigger, he looks stronger. Um, he, he, you know, he has a number one target, A.J. Brown now. I mean, that that is huge for a young quarterback in his development. He's so young. Uh, what he just turned 24 the other day, so I mean he's he's such a young quarterback um, in in this league. So just give him a chance, and you know with that offensive line, I, I think I, I think the Eagles are going to be a much improved team. I think they're a 10 win team this year. Um, Hertz looked really good. I think throwing the football, um, you know, it, it, it's it's training camp and preseason. We we hear all the noise about what's going on in training camp. We hear you know you know what, what what's happening with his arm strength. Does he look great today? I, you know, I, I don't care. I wait, I'm waiting for week one. I want to see A.J. Brown. I want to see Devontae Smith out there. They have a good running game. I think that was just a precursor. You know, you get a couple of snaps in, in week one of the preseason. I, I think I think they're going to be okay, barring any crazy injuries. The Eagles, I, listen, they, they look like a, a serious threat this year uh, for sure. It just depends on what they get out of Hurts, and I thought he looked pretty good. He definitely did look good, and I want to actually go back to the offense, but let's talk about the, talk about that defense. You know, you guys mentioned it. You know, they look pretty solid, and specifically like we talked about, and like y'all mentioned, the linebacker unit looks very much improved. They added Hassan Reddick, but he's more so an edge, you know, edge rusher. They get, like you said, N'Kobe Dean, who looks like, you know, I don't know if people thought he was going to come in and start day one. That's not going to happen. But for him to even be, you know, your backup, that tells you that that's a good sign for what you can see, you know, going forward from, you know, your linebacker unit. Obviously, T.J. Edwards, who's been pretty much a diamond in a rough still by them at undrafted. But the guy who made the play, Nick, was none other than Kazir White, you know, a very underrated free agent signing. And a lot of people wasn't really talking about. You know, it was just kind of like, oh, the Eagles signed a linebacker, Kazir White, to uh, like one year. Dell's like, oh, cool. 
let's see how he kind of works out. No, you're we're seeing in their in their obviously they got a guy who can not only help in the run game and stop in the run, but and this is something that the Eagles haven't had in a while, that he can also cover in in the passing game. And that I think is gonna be a very huge difference maker for them because as we talked about, you know, numerous times on this podcast for I don't know how many years about linebacker, about the Eagles linebackers just getting just destroyed by the opposing teams, tight ends or even slot wide receivers, running backs out the backfield. Now they seem like they have that person who, like I said, is a is a legitimate three down linebacker, can stop the run, but also help you out in, the, in passing coverage. Yeah, I'm I'm in total agreement. I think when you go out and get Kazir White, uh, you know that, that that's another upgrade. They went out and upgraded this offseason. That's what they had to do. They did it through the draft. They got younger. They got a guy in a Kobe Dean in the third round to pair alongside Kazir White. Reddick's gonna come off the edge. They got a lot better on the defensive side. They had to go out and get guys that can generate pressure. That's what they had had to do because I, you know, clearly the Gannon's not gonna rush or blitz. Excuse me, a ton all the time so you got to get guys that can get to the quarterback and clog up the the holes you know quick as quickly as possible like reddick like jordan davis who i, I can't wait to talk about a little bit later i mean these, these are guys that are going to step in right away and make a difference and and generate a pass rush generate you know stopping the run so i think you go get a guy like white who can you know drop back into coverage as well and you also get a, a guy who you know who's able to you know, be an upgrade. I mean, you you had Nate Gary just a few seasons ago, Alex Singleton. I mean, these are upgrades over these guys. And Dean, in Kazir White. I mean, Reddick. You still have T.J. Edwards, who had a really good season last year. So I'm looking forward to uh, definitely seeing this defense uh, you know, put put their best foot forward. I think they're going to be a much better team than last year. And you got guys like Jonathan Gannon wanted. So I, I you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Exactly. You they, the Eagles went and got the pieces. So now you think again, there's no excuses. There's no excuses for this defense to not be much improved and to not have a opponent's completion percentage of almost 70% this year. There's no reason why they shouldn't have that, you know, this year. It should be lower this year. Speaking of no excuses, Harrison, everybody thinks, or they people a lot of people were coming into this offseason, coming into this summer saying, Hey, Jalen Hurts. He has A.J. Brown now. He has Devontae Smith. There's no excuses for him to not be better than he was last year. Well, I think Jalen Hurts has done a good job of not taking, as he said, the rat poison and not listening to the, you know, critics on the outside noise and put together a pretty good drive in, you know, his first series. Like we said, he was, what, six for six for 80 yards, a touchdown, his yards per average. We're talking about, you know, 13.3, which is not too shabby for for those who are out there uh, counting, he did a great job, I think, of moving the ball, taking what the de- what the defense, you know, was giving him. Moving, move, obviously moving the pocket a little bit, you know, taking off and running when it was there, you know, even though he took a crazy late hit out of bounds by, you know, Quentin Williams, who, you know, Robert Saylor was not happy at the end of, at 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 the end of the game, and his press conference was not happy with. You know, uh, Williams doing that. Obviously, no A.J. Brown didn't get no catches, but we did see a touchdown run from Hurts, which was called back. And we also saw Dallas Goddard, you know, make his presence felt in that, in that opening drive, scoring a touchdown. And, yeah, I think if you're an Eagles fan or you watch the Eagles, you, you, 
you, I think, again, you have to be very impressed from what you saw from this first team um, offense. And hopefully, you know, maybe we'll continue to see that, you know, on Sunday against the Browns if the first team plays because they do have a joint practice uh, coming up, you know, against against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, you know, I think even if Jalen doesn't play this weekend against the Browns, I think we can take what we saw with, from against the Jets and, and use that as a positive. I think he looked clean out there. I think his mechanics looked improved from last year. I think that he was pairing his footwork with his upper body mechanics very well. Um, that's something I noticed early in the game. And, and like you said, it was just a clean drive. I mean, six for six. The Goddard touchdowns, obviously a very nice play. Moving the pocket very well, moving around in the pocket very well. Um, I, I think what I'm looking to see from Jalen – in this preseason slash joint practices and even early in the regular season, it is just some clear steps forward. You know, I'm not looking to see anything crazy. I'm not looking for 300, 400 yard passing games, nothing like that. You know what I mean? Let's just see progress. Let's see protecting the football, which he did well last year. He didn't turn the ball over much. It was one of the lower turnover rates in the NFL for Jalen Hurts. Um, I, I just want to see him take those steps forward, maybe complete a few more deep passes this year. That's something that he could definitely look to do. It's not a matter of arm strength for me with Jalen Hurts. He has the arm to throw the ball downfield. He attempted, I think, the ninth most deep passes over 20 yards last year. That's not really my concern. It's more about completing those deep passes. And I think adding someone like A.J. AJ Brown, who can make plays over the middle of the field, uh, I think that's going to really help Jalen Hurts so it doesn't have to always just be vertical. Um, but, yeah, like you said, Jovan, definitely encouraging. I think that's a great first game, great opener to the 2022 season for Jalen Hurts, undoubtedly a big year. I mean, we all know what the expectations are for him this year. This is a big year. The contract is not up this year, but it's starting to get to that point where it's, we're talking about it. You know what I mean? What's that contract going to look like? What's the end of that rookie year or rookie deal? You know, what are we going to do then? So definitely a big year. Definitely going to be a lot of eyes on Jalen Hurts, but a nice start to the season for sure. For sure. And you mentioned, like you said, you know, for him, we know – if we again, if you remember going back to even his time at Oklahoma, the one season that he does have the arm shift to put the ball out there and get it down the field. But like you said, and I think this is something that I think we saw, I think in you know, in this first preseason game with the mechanics, right? You can have the arm strength, but if you don't have the if your mechanics are not set, you can't make those completions down the field. You know, you can if you're you know, if you're your feet not set. You're not, you know, stepping into your throws. You're throwing off your back foot. Not saying he was doing this, but I'm saying if you don't do those things, you're not going to get those, you know, you're not going to get those completions. So, like you said, if 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 he stays true to his fundamentals, which I think he will, as we've just, you know, just seen, you know, just through his time at college and how he became a better pastor from Alabama to Oklahoma. And now he's in the pros. And I think we're going to continue to see that because he now has the same head coach, the same OC the same everything for the second year in a row, which he hasn't had. If we can see to see that development, then things I think, like you said, will work out, you know, for them and for him. Like you said, even if he doesn't, you know, play on Sunday, I think if he have a great, you know, joint practice, which I think, you know, I think Nick Sirianni probably hoping that those guys perform well in the joint practices. So they don't have to, you know, throw them out there on, on, uh, on, on Sunday uh, afternoon so hey you, you know great opening start you know for the first team offense and defense and let's see how they carry it um going into this sunday's game a couple few days from now against those uh cleveland browns but before we talk about that on you know looking forward to sunday's 
uh, game. We got to talk about anybody else that stood out to us, fellas, because obviously we know preseason is just not about, you know, what Jalen Hurts does or what, you know, Josh Sweat does or what A.J. Brown does or what Devontae Smith does who didn't play. But, you know, just saying those type of guys. Also, preseason is also meant for us to see, you know, the depth of your roster, you know, who's that, you know, diamond rough, who's going to be that, you know, backup, you know, fourth corner, who's going to be that backup tight end. If, you know, someone gets hurt or, you know, he's a red zone weapon, you know, who were just some of the guys, you know, starting with you, Nick, that, you know, that stood out to you in the preseason, in the preseason opener and, and, you know, I'm following along with that. Is there anybody that you would like to see, you know, this weekend, you know, coming up in Cleveland? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I could go on at Going to be a, a guy who's going to be a huge part of first round pick uh, with the Eagles. I've gone on and on about how great he looked. I mean, he had three guys trying to block him I and mean, he just looks like a menace. But uh, no, some other guys. What one 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 player in particular that is was involved with Jordan Davis a little bit in the viral video? Cam Jurgens. I'm really excited about his development. I, I you know replacing Jason Kelsey is not going to be an easy thing to do. He looks like he emulates a lot of what Jason Kelsey has been and what he's done in the past. So I'm excited about him. I think he's a player who is similar build to Jason Kelsey. Can get down the field a little bit as well. Works well in the trenches. Um, and, you know, that, that could be a pairing between him and Hurts. We see for a while after Jason Kelsey, you know, finishes his career here with the Eagles. Probably this could be his last year. I mean, we've been saying that for the past couple of years. But I think drafting Cam Jurgens when people were saying, hey, we want N'Kobe Dean in the second round, uh, which they eventually we eventually got him in the third round, the Eagles did. So, you know, getting Cam Jurgens, I think is going to be huge. I'm still looking at his development. Just the first time he's been out there in an NFL game. Got some, you know, an opportunity. So I'm looking at Jurgens as a player to continue to watch, you know, especially if players get hurt along that offensive line. And you have such a deep offensive line, so much depth there, um, you know, in the backup position at the guards and tackle spots as well. So I think the way the Eagles have drafted and continue to draft good offensive linemen year in and year out, Cam Jurgens is another guy that you're going to see down in the trenches, probably take over Kelsey at some point, who is, I think, handpicked basically by Kelsey. Um, that that's that's one player I'm I'm still continuing to watch and saw a little bit uh, uh, in this last preseason game. What about you, Harrison? You know he brings up a good one in Cam Jurgens. Jurgens, you know he he got thrown to the fire going up against the first team defense of the Jets and definitely held his own. And a lot of we saw a lot of clips on social media of him, you know, getting out in the run game, getting out on the screens, you know, mowing guys over, which is always a great thing to see. Uh, from your young offensive, uh, young offensive lineman who could be your, like you said, our the future uh, center of this uh, offensive line. What about you, Harrison? Who stood out uh, to you, and who are you looking forward, you know, to seeing more of when they uh, take on the Browns on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely echo your guys' sentiment. Cam Jurgens looks great. I know Ross Tucker was talking about it a lot during the broadcast, but he did. He looked outstanding, very athletic. Definitely, like Nick said, someone I'm going to keep watching. Heading to the defensive side of the ball, I like two of these young corners. They both call my eye. We'll start out with Zach McPherson, fourth-round pick last year, a guy who we'd all like to see make some plays this year. I thought he looked good in the preseason game. I thought he did a nice job mirroring receivers. Um, obviously, the Eagles cornerback room as a whole has definitely improved. It's probably the best it's been, I mean, in a very long time uh, right now with Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, James Bradbury. But, you, I mean, you can never have enough corners. I mean, in the NFL, we've seen it year after year. 
who's been out there at corner for the Eagles week 15, week 16. Um, injuries are a part of this game. So if Zach McPherson, Tay Gowan, the guy they got in the Zach Urge trade last year from UCF, was actually going to sign with the Eagles originally as an undrafted free agent that year. But the Cardinals wound up drafting him, I think, late in the draft. So he went there. Eagles wound up trading for him mid-year. So Tay Gowan's a guy the Eagles have liked for a while. He's a guy that I could see making the 53-man roster. Um, a nice rangy guy, rangy corner. Another one, mirror receiver as well in that game. So that was really encouraging for me to see. I, I would love for the Eagles to have a very deep corner room this year. And I think if those two guys can make it, that would be great. Um, Jovan, you mentioned a few guys we're looking forward to seeing next week. I, I'll start out with Devin Allen. Um, just just interested. You know, it's a it's a deep roster right now. We're still in the early parts of the preseason. Not sure that he's, you know, 53-man roster ready right now, obviously. But I'd just like to see the ball in his hands. You know, I, I'd like to see him make some plays. Jovan and I were talking during the game at, at the end of the game on that last play. Jovan was like, hey, bubble screen to Devin Allen. You know what I mean? Let's see what he's got. Put, put the ball in his hands. Let's see. So I, I'd like to see him. Like Jovan said, maybe get a bubble screen, maybe just a quick little hitch. Just throw him the football. Let's see what he can do. It's a long shot. Kind of reminds me of some of the AFL guys that got in the league. Harvey Benford with Green Bay, Malachi with Chicago. Like, just throw him the ball. Like, you know what I mean? Just once or twice. It don't have to be three or four times. Tiger Jones with the Eagles back in the day. Let's just see what they can do with the ball in their hands. And then just to wrap it up here, I'll say Carson Strong quarterback. Um, I'd like to see him in. I'd like to see him get the third string reps uh, behind Gardner Minshew. Um, I'd just like to see what he can do on the field this week versus Cleveland. I think he's a very interesting quarterback, big, strong guy, a um, lot of arm strength, really talented arm. Definitely would uh, would be interested to see Carson Strong this weekend as the third quarterback. Those are all great options. I mean, we're touching them all, right? We got the offensive lineman, Cam Jurgens. We got quarterback, Carson Strong. We got DBs and Zach McPherson and Tay Gowan. We got Jurgens. I mean, Devin Allen. We, we pretty much, I think, pretty much, I think we've kind of listed everybody who we I think we could list of, make a list of, you know, going into uh, week two. I think for me, um, I think one guy I think that stood out to me um, in in last week's game was Jason Huntley. I think, you know, he did a great job of kind of, you know, being the teams like, I think he carried the ball the most out of all the running backs, 16 carries for 48 yards. You know, it's not a great yards per carry. He's only three point yards per carry, but not horrible. But seeing him also be effective in the passing game, I think is huge. Four receptions for 39 yards. When you do the math, you know, 48, 39, that's about 97 total yards, give or take. That's pretty good. So just seeing him, I think, be more part of the offense, I think it's a very good sign to see because there is, you know, there is no Jordan Howard this year. Obviously, we know the Eagles carried four running backs on their roster last year. And with Sanders, Scott, Gainwell, and Howard, and even Huntley. I think Huntley was on the roster just in general. But seeing him being more than just the special teams, you know, kick returner, seeing him actually be involved in the offense, I think that was, you know, uh, was a good sign to seeing another guy, I think, you know, that stood out and I want to see, you know, a little bit more of with Noah Togiai. Uh, he, you know, Reed Sinet, you know, he wasn't, he, he, he was okay. There was some, there was some rough around the edges, but he always seemed to go to, you know, Togi, you know, in certain spot situations. And this was a guy I remember when the Eagles signed him as an undrafted free agent a couple of years ago, he was like one of their first ones. And obviously they couldn't, they didn't keep him. He got picked up by the Colts and he's back again. I think that's a guy who, you know, 
likely might not compete for tight end two because there might be what Jack Stoll might be the number two, you know, tight end. But number three, I think is definitely an option just because we, I think we already know what Richard Rogers is at this point. No disrespect. I like Richard Rogers, but we already know what he is. And, you know, Tyree Jackson, he's, you know, he's still hurt, you know, and that was a bummer, especially he got hurt. He got hurt his first game. He scored a touchdown. So I mean, last season. So that's a bummer. Cause I think he was just starting to figure it out and coming, you know, and coming to his own. So I think for me, those are like the two guys. Um, those are the two guys that, you know, uh, that stood out to me and that I want to see, you know, going forward um, when they play the Browns uh, this week. And before we, you know, jump in to talk about, you know, just what we saw from over on week one, we do have to talk about a little trade that happened. I was about to forget about it, but we, I was, but I was looking at the box score and I saw a name and I was scrolling down the list. And he had one target, and it was none other than wide receiver turned tight end. J.J. Arcega Whiteside was traded a couple days. What was it? A couple days ago now, or yesterday? What was it yesterday? He got traded, and my days are getting mixed up. He got traded yesterday. Right. Got traded yesterday to the Seattle Seahawks um, for a versatile defensive back in uh in Ugo Amadi, who's probably one of my one of probably probably a player I probably used on Madden when I was using the Seahawks. Uh, and over the last couple of years with his versatility and his, his ball playing skills. And the guy that's actually, you know, played, you know, some considerable snaps um, for the Seattle Seahawks. So they get a guy, a DB and nobody who can be versatile, who can, who's played some games, which is good for a guy in our Sega white side, Nick, that for as much as what we saw from him in out of Stanford and his ability to go get the ball and kind of like, stretch the field to a certain extent it just never materialized and you know with the eagles and it all and it doesn't help either when you look at other wide receivers that were taken in that draft class dk metcalf deontay johnson terry mclaurin aj brown who's now an eagle hollywood brown i mean darius slayton i mean (laughs) so you can just name off the list and he was one of the guys that just never you know, materialize, and maybe they thought, you know, if you move the tight end, it was going to work, but it just hasn't, just hasn't clicked for them, you know, with the Eagles so far. And hopefully, maybe it clicks with the Seahawks, where you know they're not very. You can say outside of DK and Lockett, it's kind of open competition for those, you know, last you know three or four spots outside of maybe Dwayne Eskridge, but he's been you know banged up dealing with some soft tissue injury, so maybe there's a chance for him to potentially you know, figure it out, you know, in Seattle where there's likely no expectations this year for him, really. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that just needed a change of scenery at the very least, at, at the very least needed a change of scenery. Um, one career touchdown uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, just a, a tremendous disappointment uh, his time here with Philadelphia. I mean, he just never kind of made that transition from Stanford to the pro the pro level and it just didn't work out you thought he had great size could go up and get you know maybe some red zone targets and it just did not happen he he just did not transition well enough to the pro level and you know a lot of people had high expectations especially when you mentioned uh the the players that were taken in the draft i mean ahead of dk metcalf it's kind of ironic that he's gonna now play go play with him in seattle which is kind of funny so, but yeah, I mean, this needed to happen and credit to Howie Roseman trying to find some value instead of just cutting him. 
trading him to Seattle. Um, you know, I, I think this is a good move um, for, for the Eagles. I mean, you, you get a guy who can obviously be versatile and he can also, you know, contribute on special teams. Uh, you know, so I, I think this is you know, a good job by Howie Roseman to go out and, and get some value for a player that probably didn't have a ton um, and, you know, now now it's kind of wait and see on Jalen Rager. I mean, another wide receiver that's had some trouble since entering the league has not made that jump just yet. Maybe this is the year. Maybe, you know, he's on the bubble at this point, I feel like. I, I think he'll make the roster. But, um, you know, Arthega Whiteside, Rager, I mean, th- these wide receivers just have not panned out for the Eagles. And, you know, you know, especially when now you have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Goddard. I mean, you have all these weapons that Hurts can go to. Um, there was just definitely no more room for Ortega Whiteside, and you know we did put on weight to to try and transition to to the tight end spot, but just it, it just was it was time. It definitely was hit, you know, time for them to move on. And like you said, for the fact that Rosen was able to get any type of value for him is incredible, just because he didn't really flash or show much when he, you know, did you know get the play. Uh, Harrison just year you know, thoughts on a move. And like Nick said, Nick brought up, you know, Jalen Rager, another guy who's kind of top, you know, first round pick. Not uh, Sega Whiteside was second round pick. So we're talking about a first round pick who hasn't materialized, but it seems like he's going to make the roster. But again, he's in a spot where he's likely going to be the number four, maybe number five guy on a loaded wide receiver depth chart that, like you said, we had they have Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, Quez Watkins as number as wide receiver number three. And remember, Quez Watkins was drafted what in round four in that draft class because it was yeah. Rager, it was Watkins at four, John Hightower at five, and we haven't really seen Hightower. He's just been on the practice squad. So in like I said Rager, and now Rager's competing for you know potential roster spot. Obviously, Zach Pasqua, I think, will make the team. So you're looking at those four, solid four, Rager, maybe. We also got Factor and Greg Ward, Britton Covey. I know a lot of, you know, beat writers are talking about Britton Covey and his returner. You know, return abilities, it's uh, looking tight. It's looking tight for uh, Rager and his, you know, Eagles future. Yeah, this is a side note. You mentioned Zach Pascal. I really like Zach Pascal. I thought he looked good in the preseason game. I thought I think he's a – a nice route runner, smooth route runner. I think he's going to definitely be a playmaker and make plays for the Eagles. Um, talking about Jalen Rager, it, it's starting to be a little bit of an uphill battle. I'm, I'm still encouraged by Rager. He's very young. He's a dynamic playmaker. You can put him on punt returns. I'm not sure if it's going to be here. You know, how, how J.J. just got traded to Seattle, I think that's a better move for J.J.'s career. I think Jalen Rager might be better off somewhere else. I think a fresh start, a new offense, a new coaching staff, try to get him the ball some different ways, get him some different looks. I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world at all. But while he's here, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not out on Jalen Rager. He's an interesting playmaker. Um, the receiver room, like we've been talking about, is just getting better and better every year. I mean, now they've got Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. Last year, Jalen Rager was really expected to be the two. You know, Quez Watkins was making plays in the slot. You mentioned Quez as well. Joe Vaughn, really nice play to start the game uh, against the Jets the other day. Encouraged to see what Quez can do this year. Um, but for Jalen and, and J.J., it definitely, you know, has not went how the Eagles would have liked. Um, Nick mentioned it. Credit to Howie Roseman for at least getting some value for, for J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. But still, definitely, you know, it, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth when you miss on guys like D.K. Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin. You know, I mean, the list goes on when you really look at between those two picks, the guys that they missed. It, 
it definitely is discouraging, but at the end of the day, we're here with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Dallas got it's a top-tier tight end. Nobody's really concerned about the pass-catching course, so I guess no harm, no foul, but definitely some of the Eagles fans and just Eagles you know, media members alike definitely are going to remember that. Most definitely. So, hey, we'll see what happens going forward as we continue to move through the preseason. Obviously, we'll have roster uh, roster cutdowns. Um, Eagles did make uh, their round of cuts to get down from 90 to 85. Uh, the players that were cut, Jared Maiden, Jimmy Moreland, um, Ali Fahad, uh, William Dunkel, who I think played in uh, last, played in last week's game on the offensive line. Uh, Carrick Wheatfall, who we didn't see, but I think he was injured. And we also have Lance Lenore, who was with the USFL's Michigan Panthers. He also got cut. He was one of the, surprisingly, not surprisingly, he was one of the many um, USFL players that were uh, cut um, through the first round. So, yeah, we'll likely see a little bit more USFL guys getting cut. But, hey, there's always um, – not only for them, for other NFL players, there's down that vehicle for them to go to USFL and the XFL. So it's not over yet for those guys. It's still a lot of game to be played, you know, uh, in upcoming uh, months here in the USFL and in the XFL. All right. So we got one more top, one more thing we got to talk about on the pod before we wrap up. But appreciate everybody once again, you know, for tuning in, checking out the pod, wherever you're going to be checking out at, either on here on Twitch or, you know, checking out on Spotify, any place where you get your podcast. We appreciate you checking us out and listening and tuning in. Um, we got to talk about one more thing, y'all. It's just looking at the preseason in general. We all like watching preseason just for our teams. But there's also some weirdly some kind of intrigue, right, of just watching a random, you know, a random preseason game, rather that be – you know, Steelers Seahawks or, you know, Lions Falcons or, you know, Rams Chargers, even though nobody's really playing in these games. There's always some weird intrigue, you know, for watching, you know, these games and just seeing what's going on and who's out there and who's, you know, um, and who's and who's making plays. You know, I just want to get your guys thoughts on, you know, what do you think about the first week of, you know, preseason ball? Was there anything, any players that stood out to you or, you know, anything that surprised you just, Overall, what did y'all think about it? Yeah, Jovan, I saw you mentioned in our document, just really good to see a lot of teams letting their young quarterbacks play. I'll echo that sentiment that you've had. You know, guys like Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett. It, it was encouraging to see the rookies, the young guys, go out there and get a lot of rips and play well. You know, I think all three of those guys showed flashes, showed potential. None of those guys were perfect. You know what I mean? But it's it's day one, preseason game one for these guys. Um, we, we heard a lot of interesting things about the quarterback class this year. I don't hate it. You know, I, I think there's definitely four or five guys that are going to make plays in the pros as starting quarterbacks. I, I think there's guys in this class. I don't think it's as bad as what people thought. But, yeah, like you said, it, it's just fun to throw preseason games on. You're going to see a lot of different guys, especially having, you know, us as a TSL crew really gotten into the draft process the last few years. It, it's fun to see guys that we've watched it, you know, maybe the Reese's Senior Bowl, the Combine. Um, the hula ball, things of that nature. It's fun to see them go out in the preseason and play. Um, was out in Albany this weekend. We got the Buffalo Bills local coverage. So I got a chance to watch that game for a little bit. Christian Benford, Villanova alum, is out there making plays at cornerback. Has a legitimate shot to maybe see the field early in the season um, with the Bills losing some guys. So that, that's an interesting guy. I'm just trying to think of some other guys off the top of my head. Um, 
I know the I heard Prince and, I heard Prince Amelie's name being mentioned yes, in the broadcast. Prince Amelie is definitely making plays. Real interesting run stuffing defensive tackle. I mean, can you have enough good run stuffing defensive tackles that have the athleticism to pass to rush the passer? So I think Prince Amelie is an interesting one as well. The Bills are always, you know, in, they have a good defensive line. They're always looking to add some interesting defensive line talent. They had Jake Metz from the Soul back in the day. Uh, the Bills always do a good job going out and getting some defensive line. But Samuel Womack is the DB that I was watching from the 49ers. He had a really good game. Um, and then Christian Wilkerson from the Patriots was a receiver who caught my eye multiple times, was catching the ball well. So just a few names. I mean, it's fun to watch the preseason. There will be more names that we all learn this week that go out there and make plays. But, yeah, I'm interested to see what, you know, who Nick is uh, interested in. Yeah, right now, I mean, I look at looking at some of these guys. I what one one thing in particular is seeing those young quarterbacks, and one player that I'm watching for is Justin Fields. What what's going to happen with Justin Fields this season? He got a little bit of time in the preseason game against the Chiefs, four for seven, 48 yards, did rush for 10 yards. I'm very intrigued to see what happens at quarterback with the Chicago Bears this season. Um, you know, no more Matt Nagy in Chicago anymore. So, you know, we saw them kind of kind of embrace before the game. Yeah, I, I listen, I, I'm I'm a big fan of Justin Fields. I want to see him succeed in Chicago. That, that That's one quarterback that I'm really, really looking forward to. He got some time. Trevor Simeon's behind him. We saw, you know, kind of the carousel in Chicago, you know, with Nick Foles, uh, Andy Dalton last season. What happens with Justin Fields? Can he develop? Can he turn into a starting caliber quarterback? In the NFL this season, that, that, that's the player that I've really been watching. Uh, I really paid attention to. I had a lot of baseball going on this weekend, but I did uh, check up on, on Justin Fields, and that was a name that I was very intrigued to see get some, you know, a decent amount of playing time, similar to Jalen Hurts this weekend. Um, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to see what uh, Justin Fields can do. Is he gonna? How much is he gonna run? How much is he gonna throw? Did his arm get arm talent improve? Uh, you know, with, with the with the Bears this offseason, and is he made it ready to make that jump? That, that's what I'm looking forward to. The Bears are an interesting case study just from how they went by their offseason and not really addressing the wide receiver. Oh, wide receiver. Yeah, no wide receivers. Very, I don't want to call it disrespectful, but very eye very puzzling for what they didn't do at that position. Obviously, they still have Darnell Mooney, who I think is a very underrated wide receiver um, in this league. Um, they had, they got, they still have him. They added Byron Pringle, who. Had a very good year in Kansas City, but now can he translate that to being a number two wide receiver in Chicago? That's going to be something to see. They did draft a kid out of Tennessee, Bayless Jones Jr., who they're you know very high on. Chris Shanafel, you know he's he's high on him and his in his game. So you know they got him. They got Equinemius St. Brown, who's Amon Ra St. Brown's brother, and St. Equinemius has been in the league for, you know, some years in Green Bay. So he followed Luke Getze over. So they have some guys over there. Nikhil, who, Harry, who they traded for, but obviously he got hurt. So there are some guys over there. It's just going to be interesting to see will they give Fields, I guess, the time to make those mistakes as the full-time starter for a season, right? Because he was almost, I think, almost in the same situation we've seen Hurts come in. Even Lamar, when Lamar made his first start, you know, they didn't start day one as the starter. They were kind of made they kind of made their appearance midway into the season and we know how Matt Nagy did the quarterback situation last season was kind of 
uh, rotating door, which was filled. Then it was Andy Dalton. Then it was Nick Foles. It was just a constant, you know, shuffling. So hopefully, you know, there are going to be some growing pains, I think, with this Bears team. But hopefully they allow Fields to have them have those growing pains and give them a shot, you know, to develop that chemistry with their wide receiver unit. And, you know, and we'll see what, you know, see what happens, you know, on on that end of the spectrum. And, you know, sticking with quarterbacks, we talked about it. And like Harrison said, you know, piggybacking off of my point that I put in the, in our, um, in our doc, you know, before the show, I think it was very interesting. I think with preseason, I think it's always interesting to see how coaches kind of maneuver and manage, all right, my starter's not playing, so how are we going to, like, figure out who's, you know, quarterbacking or who's going to be starting? And I found it very interesting to see a lot of court, a lot of teams basically say, like, our number two, number three guy, he's going to either play the entire half or he's going to play the whole game. And I thought, and I think that's very good because these guys will not get those reps in the regular season. They're going to be, you know, this is the time where they're going to get the most reps because they're not going to get the reps during the week. Most of the live reps will go to, you know, QB1, whoever that is, on that respective team. And I think it was cool to see. I mean, you look at the Cardinals. They didn't start Kyler Murray, but they 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 gave Trace McSorley a starter as he's competing, you know, for that QB3 guy, QB3 um, job with a rookie quarterback in uh, Jared Guant- Guarantano out of Tennessee. And McSorley had a, had a good game, 13 to 22, 163 yards. A touchdown, 32, you know, yards on the ground. People remember him, you know, he was with the Ravens, had a very good career at, you know, at Penn State as he still, you know, tries to, uh, you know, as he still tries to find his way um, in the league. I also liked, I also liked what we saw out of Washington. You know, we saw um, Baker Mayfield, you know, he was solid. Even Darnold was solid. All four quarterbacks played in Carolina. And P.J. Walker played the most. And P.J. is a guy that's been around 10 to 19, 136. I'm interested, honestly, to see what P.J. does. Will P.J. stay in the league or will he go, you know, to one of the other leagues where he could potentially just walk in and, you know, be the starter? And then in Washington, we saw Sam Howell. He made some plays, had two rushing had two rushing TDs, 9 to 16 for 145 yards. That's Harrison's guy right there, Sam Howell, uh, from U- from UNC. So him, I mean, the list goes on and on. I got to mention Skylar Thompson from Kansas State, a guy who I was high on for a couple years. He played the entire game. Mike McDaniel gave him the entire game, and I thought when I saw that, I was like, wow, like there's nobody else starting. Like you're going to play this entire game, and I think those, that, those reps are incredible, and I think – out of all the rookie quarterbacks, the fact that he wasn't talked about more and what he did, 20 to 28, passing for 218, a touchdown, had 25 yards on the ground. I mean, we saw Kyle Trask. He played a, a lot of snaps too, 25 or 33 for 258 eventually because Tom Brady will eventually stop playing. So need to figure out that situation. Another one, and lastly, another one that caught my attention was the Rams and the Chargers. Rams, Jared Goff, I mean, not Jared Goff, oh my lord, Matthew Stafford, <laughs> Matthew Stafford, you know, was obviously not playing in the preseason, John Warford didn't play, so they gave it to Bryce Perkins, a guy who's kind of been with the organization for like the last three years, they gave him the full reins, and he, pretty good, three total touchdowns, 39 rushing yards, 133 through the air, 10 of 17, a lot of people, you know, are intrigued by his skill set, thinking, you know, maybe one day he becomes the future 
quarterback in LA, I mean, that's a long way from here and there because I honestly think Bryce Perkins could go in the USFL and XFL and be a starter, but that's near, that's near, neither here or there. So I think for me, fellas, that was the thing that caught me by surprise. And I thought that was cool to see like those guys, the Trace McSorley's, you know, the Bryce Perkins, the Skylar Thompson's getting a lot of playing time in the preseason because we're used to seeing, all right, such and such is out there for a quarter, next quarter, next quarter. No, these guys were like, you're getting full game, half game to play and do and execute the offense like you are the starter. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and watch that Miami film. I didn't know Scott Thompson went 20 for 28. I know that yourself and also Emory Hunt from Football Game Plan were very high on him in the draft process out of Kansas State. He was an interesting quarterback prospect. You mentioned Bryce Perkins, guy at UVA from a few years ago. Like you said, he's been with the Rams for a little bit now. You know, he, he's really, I think, three years in, like you said. Um, would be interesting to see, you know, if he could be the future of the Rams. I know they like John Wolford as well. I, he started that uh, that postseason game with Jerry, and Jerry <laughs> yes, Bryce. I think a lot of people forgot about that. Out of the AAF, the Arizona AAF. <laughs> went from AAF football to playoff football in like eight months. It was crazy. Um yeah, I like Bryce Perkins as well. I always have. Um, yeah, you know, people always say there's not that many pro-ready quarterbacks in the NFL. There's a lot of quarterbacks out there. You you can find quarterbacks. You mentioned P.J. Walker, who we saw star in the XFL and then start games in the NFL. Um, there, there's quarterbacks out there. I think that that's a little bit overhyped from the media. There might not be, you know, 15 superstar quarterbacks, you know, like people want. You know, there might not be, you know, an amazing Aaron Rodgers on every team, but – yeah, I don't think there's a shortage of pro quarterbacks. They're, they're riven, and I think, you know, I think what teams have to do, and I know it's hard for some of them to do, make some of these young guys your backups. <laughs> you know, no dis, no disrespect to the Chase Daniels and, you know, the Nick Foles and, you know, the Andy Daltons of the world, but i rather have a Bryce Perkins as my QB, too, or a Skylar Thompson as my QB, too. Just say, hey, if such and such gets hurt, I'm willing to be okay with it. Or Blaine Gabbert. Like, I don't want to see Blaine Gabbert. If anything, Kyle Trask has been down with this team going for two years. I'd rather see him have the backup and say, all right, because this is that's what it should be about. Not so much, all right, here's this retread quarterback, you know, Case Keenum, Matt Barkley. Like, I saw that with the Bills. I'm like, what are we doing here? Obviously, I know Josh Allen is still in his prom, but we don't see that in Baltimore. Baltimore literally is rolling out Lamar. Tyler Huntley, Anthony Brown. I mean, they had Kenji Bahar last year. So, I mean, <laughs> I think teams have to also look at the quarterback position in a different way. I only think certain teams do that. Anthony Brown's another one we got to shout out. He played really well for Baltimore. I think he was like 12 for 14 uh, in the game. I might be wrong on that. But Anthony Brown played really well. He's a guy with a lot of talent as well. You know, you mentioned it. We were talking about this uh, during that game, Jovan. He's another one that could go right to the USFL or XFL and start. Maybe he's on the practice squad this year. Maybe he's a team's third quarterback. But I like Anthony Brown's game a lot. I'm interested by him. For sure. If, if that's it, man, I think we're going to wrap this uh, wrap this bad boy up. Appreciate everybody for tuning into the podcast. Thanks again. Uh, with a good one, getting back in the saddle and talking some NFL football as we get ready and gear up for the regular season, which is going to be here, obviously, before you know it. It's only a matter, it's only a matter of time before we'll be t- for the games really count <laughs> on a weekly basis, and you'll be hearing our, you know, critical thoughts and, you know, 
and get the real emotion. I'm not saying you didn't get it real here, but it's different, different speed here when we're talking about um, talk, talking about the preseason. But again, appreciate everybody for tuning in. You know, make sure you check out totalsportslive.com. Check out the podcast on all your you know available platforms: Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, wherever you can find it. At, it's there. I think. Pretty much we kind of wrapped it all up. I know Nick, he's doing a lot of good things on his end of the uh end of the world, end of the planet there, no pun intended. So, you know, Nick, you gotta plug, you gotta plug your stuff as always. Yeah, no, we we got a lot going on. Recorded Planet earlier today, so that'll be coming out. So two podcasts today, you already know. And then Who Rock season starting to come to a close. Uh, you know, almost done. A couple of the, the big prospects got moved up. Robert Hassel third went to double-A, Yasela and Tuna. Those guys developing, man. And you only got to see Robert Hassel a little bit, but uh, you know, very exciting to see one of the top prospects in baseball. So that was fun. Um, and then Tuna, he's really developed uh, his approach at the plate. Uh, I've been really excited about him. So congrats to those guys who got moved up. And then, you know, you can catch me on, on WIP on, on the weekends here and there, overnights. I'll be producing uh, here and there. So, yeah. It's been a it's been a busy busy month busy week I should say too so uh, but yeah and then as always uh, TSL Pod we we got we got we got it coming for this season I can't wait yeah we do and it's going to be a good one I know Harrison he's been working on some stuff he's got some stuff in the works he's been doing interviews and stuff like that so I want to take his shine away I gotta let him plug away real quick nah definitely man you know keeping it busy keeping working TSL Pod. Um, you guys can check me out on YouTube, just Harrison Brown Russo. But just while we got, he got the vids, man. He got the vids on the YouTube. Man. Trying my best, but you know, while, while we got a minute here, Joe, just want to send our condolences and love to Mo Ruffins, Mo Ruffins and his family. Former AFL player, um, found out that he passed away today. It was a, a great offensive lineman, tight end in the AFL for years with Albany, Jacksonville. So just want to send our love to him. Rest in peace to Mo. Uh, love to his family, his mom, and all that type of stuff. All the AFL guys, all his teammates. Um, just wanted to take a second here, you know, just to to send our condolences from TSL uh, to Mo Ruffins. Facts, facts, man, facts. Mo Mo Ruffins, definitely. Um, if you were watching AFL in that mid, you know, 2010s range, he was a name you just knew. Like you said, offensive offensive line tight end, you know. And the AFL was rare to have that guy that could be. Offensive lineman and be a tight end and be really good at it. And when he you know off, and when you know offensive lineman's name in the AFL, that means they're actually really good. Like mm-hmm. most of the guys are just like, all right, yeah, he's offensive lineman. Like no, Mo Ruffins was that was that dude. And you know, like you said, we send our condolences, um, you know, to his family, you know, to his family, to the AFL family, because you know AFL is a very niche group. Um, just with the players, everybody knows everybody. You know, some of them are still playing. Uh, still playing the game indoors. So, you know, we send our uh, condolences out to his family and also to the AFL um, family as well. Um, so, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. Everyone have a good one, and we will talk to you guys in the near future. You know, who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll pop up with another podcast soon. The Phillies are playing baseball. There's probably going to be October baseball, so you know we're going to have more in the, uh, in the tuck there. So, hey, for me, Harrison, and Nick, everyone have a good one, and we'll talk to you all very soon.